This is JU Israel Teachers Lounge, where we reach out to current Gap Year students, alumni, and any interested listeners, keeping you connected to what's happening in Israel and giving you insight behind the headlines. Uh, I'm your host, Senior JU Israel Educator Michael Unterberg. Today, joined as always by co-host and director of JU Israel, Alan Goldman. How are you, Alan? Doing good. Okay. <laughs> and also, our producer and Israel educator, Matt Littman. How are you, Matt? I'm enjoying the sunshine in Jerusalem today. Yeah, it is pretty nice weather. Uh, today's topic is going to be the Airbnb boycott of Jewish homes in the West Bank and how we see it, that topic being tossed around and how we think uh, it, it should be a little, we should have a more nuanced understanding about what's happening. Is that a, a fair statement of our topic for the day? Yeah, sounds good. All right. Uh, can anyone, I, I know this sounds crazy because I think everybody knows what Airbnb is, but I feel like as the host, it would be uh, bad manners for me to assume that all our listeners know what Airbnb is. I think Matt should go for it. Okay, so Airbnb is a website. Uh, and basically, and they also, I believe, have an app. And basically, Airbnb is a, for, a forum for people to rent out their apartments, their homes, etc., to other people around the world. Uh, some people use them as dedicated uh, vacation apartments, like they have a dedicated vacation apartment they want to rent out. And some people use it as their own home. They're going away for two weeks, so they figure they can find a way to take someone else to come and live in their home for two weeks and make money from it. So it, it joins together the owners who want to rent out their space to the vacationers who want to rent out a space. Exactly. And that's a multi-billion dollar business, a service industry It has become a leader. huge, huge business. It has and the web, millions of users. And the company that runs the app and website is pretty big, big business, yeah? Huge business. I mean, there are a lot of websites that do this. Airbnb, for some reason, is... The no name, I think. You, right. And you say, uh, you know, what you I, in my head, you become a big company when people use you as a verb. Oh, I'll just Airbnb right. it. So oh, pass a Kleenex. Yeah, that's not a verb, man. That <laughs> <laughs> I meant you to use the. Welcome to parts of language. <laughs> I meant uh, that you know the the company serves as the. Yeah, yeah. Once the name becomes the, the equivalent to right. the product. Right. I don't say I search for things on the internet. I googled it. Right. So. The, now, you guys can tell me if you think I'm reading this wrong, but the way I'm sort of reading on social media, the reaction of many Jews, many pro-Israel Jews is, first of all, we should boycott this company. Uh, second of all, this was anti-Semitic, and we cannot believe how anti-Semitic Airbnb is because, the argument goes, that uh, that that there are other areas of conflict in the world. First of all, they're only, this one I found odd. They're only not making connections to Jewish homes in the West Bank. They're not taking the West Bank off their list altogether. So you can rent uh, space in- Ramallah and yeah, Palestinian homes. You absolutely can rent homes from Palestinians in Ramallah and Beit Lechem. I checked. Great, let's go. I legally cannot, nor can you. That's As true. Israeli citizens, we can't enter those areas. Uh, so, so the argument goes, well, then, you know, if, if you're saying that area is an area of conflict and disagreement, then you shouldn't rent any houses there. If you only pick the Jewish houses, that's anti-Semitic. That's argument one. Argument two is, you haven't heard that? No, no, you're I have. A, I'm ready. making a wondering face. Uh, well, I want to criticize it, but I'm going to let you go through your... Oh, and number two is, uh, if you look at other countries in conflict like uh, the Chinese taking over Tibet, where they're occupying Tibet, and there's international agreement that that's, there's something pretty shady there. 
And yet, uh, Airbnb won't uh, take away home. Will will place listings in Tibet or other countries in Africa, Western Sahara, where these things happen. I also saw Crimea listed in a few of these lists of places that Airbnb lists, and they don't. Like there are, there are places in the world where Airbnb does not have listings. Right. Crimea is one of those places where they just don't do business in Crimea. And if they did today, they would not. <laughs> well, I mean, Airbnb said that that's been brought to their attention. Look. Yeah. No, I'm saying with Crimea, particularly today. And today many, is a bad day for yeah. the, yeah. So, so I saw a third thing that's... Well, oh, Russia has taken a... Depends right. when you're listening to the episode, but just right. that's in the news this week. Right, though. but who's looking to go on vacation to Crimea is the other. <laughs> I'm sure right it's on the water. I'm sure it's beautiful. So, by the way, some people, a lot of people say anything about West Bank. Right. But I, I want to add a third if you're done with Yeah, yeah, two. go, go, go. My third is that what I've seen, um, certainly in the newspaper articles more about it, um, or is that uh, the lumping this together with BDS or the boycott divestment and sanction movement. Well, they've given in to a BDS demand and now they are part of the BDS that, universe. That's the that's the the scope of that's the right. framework you're, people are giving. Right. You. You're guilty by association, you're a part of the BDS right. verse. So I think we should talk about that also. hundred percent. A- 100%, 100%. Um okay. So do you think it's fair to stipulate for the purpose of the conversation that singling out Jews in the West Bank as opposed to looking at other countries, the the result is an anti-Semitic policy because it singles out Jews for bad treatment. Well, I don't think it does single out Jews. It singles out Jews of a specific geographic location. Correct. But which it is doesn't, not the same thing at all. That's true. But it doesn't single out other humans who live under similar circumstances. That is also true. But then you're defining, how are you defining what the controversy is around? Um, I'm not. No, not I'm, you. I'm saying how I'm does saying one? If, if a Jew does X and a non-Jew does X, same thing, and the Jew is treated badly for it, is it fair to stipulate that that can be described in outcome, not intention necessarily, as an anti-Semitic result because it singles out Jews differently? Again, I would say I, I don't feel like it does because there's lots of different considerations to take into account. When we talk about... An outcome? <sighs> I'm just uh, talking about outcome. I, I understand, but I don't think you can separate the outcome. If you look at it bottom line and say Jews are not able to rent out their apartments, but Palestinians can in the same not geographic area. I'm, I'm saying sorry. Jews are not able to rent out their apartments, but Chinese in Tibet can. Right. So, I, I, so I, again, I don't think you can separate them out, but I, I think what you're trying to You can't to separate do, what out? An outcome, if a Chinese person... By the way, I'm not 100% sure that the Chinese are building distinct cities and towns in Tibet. By the way, there are very few listings in Tibet, I check. Uh, and those are mostly in a particularly large city. There aren't so many large cities. And it's one city that's integrated with Chinese and Tibetans. So I'm not sure that this holds up. But let us assume that I could come to you with a case that said, hypothetically, that there is a Chinese town built again, you know, that's problematic. And Airbnb doesn't will show listings there, but not to Jews in the West Bank if they were doing the exact same thing. So, so I'd like to say, uh, and this may, I think I'm going to contradict myself, and that's where I'm holding, which is you sound the, like a person. <laughs> exactly. One, on the one hand, um, I, I'm cautious about using the A word too much. That jumping everything all of a sudden this is an anti-Semitic Agreed. act. Agreed. Um, on the other hand, I'm also, I, I feel like, wait a second. How can you? Why are you just singling out the Jews? Correct. 
that that is very problematic, right? Yes, we have a political conflict here, and we and and there's lots of issues, and we'll go more into them. But there are other places in the world that that right. um, that's why are that's why I'd like to build. So, the, look, we listen. So we saying, in the yeah. pro-Israel world are always complaining. You have to be nuanced. This is complex, right. and we don't want to paint with a broad brush what Israel does. Yes, Israel may have done something. Yes, they may have shot you know across the border into Gaza, but you have to be nuanced and understand the right. bigger complex picture. Okay. So you're I, saying I, same here. Yeah, that's the kind of person I want to be. It's not just I'm not doing that because I'm worried about Israel's reputation. I'm doing that because that is a that is a better person, a person who is more honest and sophisticated and nuanced when he talks about complicated things. He he, he looks at them in their complexity. Right. So I, so or she. right. So so the, and that's more or less I think we're molding where 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 it is very problematic that Jews are being single, singled out, um, assuming it's in similar circumstances. On the other hand, they don't want to jump to just using the anti-Semitic. That's anti why I'm being very careful. Uh, so, so, but I also don't want to. I also don't want to disregard that instinct that right. so many Jews are having. I agree with you. Um, I don't want to use the A word uh, superficially or glibly because it's a very serious charge, and I think that you water down the weight of the charge. When you overuse it, right. which is like a joke, you know, it's literally a joke on Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. my uncle gets uh, a hamburger not grilled right, and he s assumes there's an anti-Semite in the kitchen. Right? Like we don't well, want to be that. That probably is right. No, that is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always joke with my students. Like, if the light doesn't work, I go anti-Semites, and they right. all laugh because they know there's a joke that we call everything anti-Semitism. Right. So, but in serious conversation, we right. don't do that. But I'm being very careful. I myself am willing to stipulate. That in outcome, if a Jew and a non-Jew do the same thing and are treated differently, the Jew is treated worse. That in outcome, whether it was intended or no, not. I, I I understand what you're saying. Like, bottom line, this is the difference between two people. But I feel that that is taking a very non-nuanced approach in itself. That is taking a very non-nuanced approach to say, oh, the outcome is irrelevant without the context. Like, the context is also important. It, has it to is, be. and I want to get to it. And I want to discuss that. Okay. But right. but right now, when somebody says, I feel, and by the way, I haven't, I've done homework and haven't been able to get to a clear decision. When you compare us to those, I don't have enough expertise in, you know, the Western Sahara or Tibet to be able to say this is a one-to-one -one ratio to test them. Right. That's the question is. If, but if let us assume for the sake of argument that it is the exact same thing and Jews are being treated differently. I would say that outcome, whether intended or not. Well, they've also said that, they, from what I understand, Airbnb said they were now going to look into these other areas that you're also describing. They are describing. going to. They are going so to. So it's not like it's just Jews and now we're going to finish that. If they come to the conclusion, okay, but, but Matt, so if they come process. to the conclusion, they say, yeah, but we're going to treat Jews differently, that's definitely anti-Semitism, right? Then we'll, then we'll come back onto the podcast what if they and discuss that. But let's wait and see. Because no, who no. was it who, who kicked up the fuss? Who, who's who created the outcome? Who made the outcome be what it is? No, I'm saying who is who has been responding. That to has this? nothing to do with outcome. It is if somebody's not aware of a situation, right? Or I'm not. Again, here's what I want to separate: Are the people who work at Airbnb being anti-Semitic intentionally? Are they anti-Semites? I I will argue that we have zero data to know if they're anti-Semites or not. Okay, so I think. We're getting close to calling them anti-Semites, so we have to be careful. I, I think that's not nuanced. But exactly. That's why I'm agreeing with you. Right. So I want to say in the outcome, if you feel that Jews are being treated differently and badly, that looks like anti-Semitism. I think in outcome, it could be. And it could be that Airbnb, to a certain degree, 
has been duped by BDS. The boycott, okay. divest, and sanction movement, which is trying to use those tools, boycotting Israeli products by individuals, divesting from Israeli businesses and institutions by universities and businesses, and sanctioning the Israeli government by governments around the world in order to achieve the goals of uh, taking away the barriers between the West Bank and the Gaza Strip and allowing millions of Palestinian refugees to move to Israel, giving all of them the vote and ending the Jewish state by election. That's the goal of BDS. That is an anti-Israel organization, which is essentially claiming that the Jews don't have the right to call themselves a nation and therefore the right to self-rule. I am comfortable based on those terms to say that BDS as an organization, I don't know every individual, there may be some well-intentioned no, confusion. Their ideology. It is a, it is an anti-Zionist, anti, therefore, and that's a different discussion. Right. But because you're treating the Jewish nation differently than other nations, nations, I am going to stipulate for the purposes of this conversation that BDS is an anti-Semitic organization. I'm comfortable with that. An organization that denies Jews the right, you know, the vast majority of the Jews the right to define their own identity, you know, and nobody else gets that is, yeah. is anti-Semitic. Well, well, Palestinians get to define right. their own identity, but I don't. Right. Well, that's not okay. fair. So that's as, anti-Semitic. As someone who identifies as a Jew, that's myself. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. We have, oh, I didn't know we had one of those in here. <laughs> Some of your best colleagues are Jewish, I hope. Yes. Um, so in this case, as someone who identifies as Jewish, do I feel like I'm being the target of anti-Semitism because of what Airbnb did? No. So now, Oh, I do. But uh, that's not that, that shouldn't have anything to do. That's well, a feeling. Okay, but it does in the sense that am I? Fe- oh, I don't. Okay, I, I, do. don't, I don't feel anti- yeah, the well, victim of anti-Semitism. Yeah, I live in the West, West Bank. Bank. Yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and you I rent your the, house out. No, I'm and, just kidding. And I no, have I don't. the right to self-identify to how I wish to, and also to describe whether I feel like something is anti-Semitism. And I don't feel like I'm the victim of anti-Semitism. In this I, I honestly don't care how I feel or how you feel. I don't think feelings. I, well, I, do I want. I want to stipulate. I want to put in here that I think Air Airbnb here is actually not fitting into BDS. Um, oh, as far so as I'm on, concerned, so, that's, that, that's where I think we so, should move to because correct. I is think it that's really? A more, I, I do think it's worthwhile that in, in the way I am framing it, feelings are not – you can argue that feelings can be relevant in a different frame. Within my frame, I would like to see if Jews are being treated differently as Jews. To see if that, – that's my – I remember when I was a teacher in Cleveland in the uh, – he's, he's being very brisker. I am. I know. For our audience, that is a style of Talmudic study, which yeah. is definitely my methodology. I think of it more quickly as being Vulcan, like Mr. Spock from Star Trek, <laughs> but absolutely it's brisker. And uh, look, I, I, I remember in the 90s when I was a high school teacher, and did you guys experience all the – there were always rumors about which celebrity was an anti-Semite. The 20th century? Yeah. Yeah. So f- at that stage, I was, it was still at high school in the 90s, just to point out. <laughs> I know I'm old. So senior it, Israel educator. Senior <laughs> in many ways. Sen- many senior moments in my day. When, uh, when I, in, in those days it was um, Phil Collins was an anti-Semite. When I was a kid it was more David Bowie and Pink Floyd. Turns out on Pink Floyd we were actually onto something. <laughs> but with <laughs> oh, Phil Collins I remember. But in the 90s it was Phil Collins and somebody because else was an anti-Semite. Because of that music video, right? Because he made a video. Well, we're, we're obsessed with who's who's a Jew and who's an anti-Semite. Yeah. That's a, uh, we as Jews are obsessed with that. Yeah. So all the high school kids knew that Phil Collins was an anti-Semite. Okay. So I'm like, how do you know that? Well, we all know because we all know this story about something. I'm like, but how do you know that's true? And they were like, we don't know. And this is before the internet. So 
my colleague and friend called the Anti-Defamation League and said, do you have any data on this? And their answer was amazing. They said, we have no data to indicate that Phil Collins is an anti-Semite. We don't know if he is or isn't, but there's no evidence to in indicate that he is. So in other words, people could always be harboring racist. I don't know their feelings. Right. I'm not going to judge them by their feelings. I'm going to judge by evidence of their behavior. And I don't know that my feelings of interpretation are the best guide because I could have an instinctive reaction, which may not be for the purposes of this conversation, useful for applying labels in a public conversation. So, so. A, what happened? BDS came to Airbnb and said, you should boycott Israel. Why? Because that's BDS's approach to everything. Boycott Israel because their existence is based on a crime against humanity. In its inception, they say, uh, it was built on the ethnic cleansing of the Palestinian people from their homeland, and that state has to stop existing. That is BDS's claim, and they approach any company that does business with Israel. They have achieved particularly limited success. Uh, and Airbnb looked at that question and said, you know, we're certainly not going to boycott Israel. We do great business in Israel. And in their statement, they say, we love doing business with Israelis. We have thousands and thousands of listings all over Israel. 22,000, I think. Yeah, I think it was 22,000. I, I remember that same number. Yeah. So we may even be right when we remember <laughs> it because we both remember the same number. So... Okay, and but even if we're not. We are because we both remember the same number. So, <laughs> so now it's the truth. Exactly. Uh, so they and they said, but you know what? We looked into the issue of uh, Jewish settlements in the West Bank, Jewish cities and towns in the West Bank, and that is a international, that is a complicated issue under international law. Therefore, we want to stay away from that controversy and hope that there's a resolution soon, which only applies to Jewish homes in the West Bank and not Arab. Right, because well, it's not controversial for there to be Arab homes in the West Bank. Exactly, there is no international there, legal problem right. for Arabs to live in. Right. So, the overall, the, what, what, the whatever point. we think, whatever we think, wherever we fall down on whether we should be building over the Green Line or not, politically, we have to recognize that the vast majority of legal positions in the international world is that's illegal building. Why? Um, because that is. Military-occupied land, according to most opinions. It's militarily and occupied because Israel hasn't annexed it to be officially correct. part of the state of Israel. It no, is ruled right. over by the Israeli army, but it is not officially the, the state of Israel, Israel. land. Right. And therefore, the two and a half million or so Arabs right. who live there are not citizens of the state of Israel. The, right. And, and therefore, it is illegal for citizens of the state of Israel to build there. That's the opinion because in the world. Right. Because like let's say when America occupied Iraq or and the UK had troops in Iraq after right. defeating Saddam Hussein, you couldn't build new Chicago or right. new start, London. And start bringing Americans in to live there. And start bringing American and British citizens to live there. Right. Because again, we go back to it's mostly based on the Fourth Geneva Convention in 1949 after World War II when they're trying to stop you know, aggressive nations from going there to, to take over land and build on it. In order now, to establish world peace, the consensus was nations should rule themselves. We should have to end colonialism, right. let people rule themselves. And so even if you conquer your enemy, like in that case, Germany or later right. in, the, in Iraq, we don't build new towns to settle, to colonize. We help them get on their feet. And then we get our benefits of their resources through trade and commerce. Right. So that that is look not uh, that is the the general consensus. That's there the post World War II right. order. When there's general consensus that this falls under that. Now, of course, there are disagreeing opinions, and uh, we can. But I think it's it's fair to say, 
an international company can look at the general consensus and say, you know what, that's a legal problem and we're not going to do business in that area. What about the fact that the and Israeli that Supreme not. Court says that the Fourth Geneva Convention doesn't apply to Israel because we didn't conquer an existing state and Jews by international law are allowed to live anywhere in – even if you called it Palestine, the League of Nations set up that Jews can move anywhere in Palestine. And so there's all sorts of legal reasons – uh, right, why, I'm the, the Israeli Supreme Court says it's legal for Jews to build cities and towns in the West Bank. Correct. And that's a dissenting opinion. That's fine. And I may believe that it's personally. It's a minority international legal right? opinion. Uh, right. I may I, – I, I definitely believe uh, that. Right. I may believe that personally. I live there. But I don't – but I don't hold Airbnb responsible to say, oh, they're anti-Semitic if they decide to go with the general consensus not with Israeli right. opinion. So you feel Airbnb's policy is reasonable. Correct. I Correct. Agree. I may and disagree with it, but I think there's a reasonable basis for them to stand on, and a reasonable basis to say that it, it, it's it, it uh, we're we're not going to get into this. Um, and why do you say uh, they're issues. not? Why do you say they're not dupes and suckers for the BDS world, and are now operating as a tool of BDS? And so, whether consciously or not, that they're being anti-Semitic, Be- because when they publicly state that they love doing business with Israel. That is in direct contradiction to the BDS right. plan. And BDS I, wants to get rid of and I think all B- of business in Israel right. and all of Israel, not just what they find to be. And you BDS know, right, would probably say, "Oh, oops, we didn't quite go. They didn't go as far as we wanted them to." Have I don't think oops. I think they say, "How dare you? Not how dare you still continue to okay. support and do and business?" So that's no, why but they'll I probably think ta- claim- they'll probably take it as a win, like they yeah, tried yeah, to sure. with SodaStream. But they whatever. have so few wins. Exactly. Sure. So that why they not try to claim any victory? So they won that victory, but ultimately, I don't think they did. No, but what I'm saying is the Airbnb ultimately did not do what they were trying to be convinced to do. I don't think ultimately. I think from beginning to middle to end. I don't think they're... So, Colocavo to Airbnb for taking a more nuanced, here comes that word again, and uh, intelligent approach to it and trying to understand what they're being asked to do and to looking into the issue and to to dealing in a way which I I think is I disagree with their opinion. I, I am willing to stipulate that in outcome, it may be treating Jews differently than other people around the world. And therefore, in outcome, it is an anti Semitic outcome. But I don't think that was their intention. I'm willing to give them the credit following the rabbinic dictum, uh, give people the benefit of the doubt. I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt based on what they said and how they instituted the policy that they're trying to be fair-minded and they tried right. to give a more balanced, nuanced right. approach. Again, if they would and have removed all their listings for Tel Aviv or for Netanya, right, mainstream Israel, whatever you want to call it, pre-67 Israel, Israel, so pro- Israel proper. Israel, I mean, yeah, the state if of If you Israel. want to call it, and they then would remove their listings, then I would say, okay, there's a case for saying it's anti-Semitism. But why? We, why what? I... I I don't think – well, all right. Well, I don't want to get into that. That's a whole other kettle if they, of fish. If they say we're no longer doing business with Israel, he's saying. Yeah. I, well, that, I, here's why I have an issue saying. with that because when somebody – when entertainers like Rihanna or Stevie Wonder yeah, But they're coming for a one Lana Del show Ray off. Or, That's a different – They're coming for one show and they cancel their Israel show in Tel Aviv. Yeah. I'm not going to assume that Rihanna's an anti-Semite. She gave in to pressure from BDS and Roger Waters. Right. That to me is different than like an Airbnb, which is – a whole different framework. Right. But that's why I don't want to open that kettle of fish of if okay. you if you boycott Israel at all, does that automatically make you an anti-Semite? I don't no, think I'm so. No, I'm not saying I'm, I'm yeah, not yeah, saying yeah. that, but I'm saying I would agree, I would understand more that reaction that has been going on in the Jewish world. I just don't think you can argue and I'm, uh, that as an outcome, if I'm treating Jews negatively when non-Jews do the same thing and I don't treat them negatively, I don't see how you can argue that an outcome – that's not discriminating against Jews, even if that wasn't the intention. Because, okay, I, again, the, the, I'm not an expert on Tibet, and I'm not an expert on West Sahara, and I don't pretend to be, but the, the geographic understanding, the geopolitical and geographic kind of 
close to all of this, I I, I feel is is more. Nuanced. Then you're not talking about the outcome. I I am I, I am agreeing. No, because that I don't know how to compare the outcome of what's happening in Tibet with the outcome of what's happening in the West. But that's why I'm saying Bank. hypothetically mm-hmm. stipulate that it's identical. Right. So again, if it's but that hypothetical is a, makes a huge difference. I know. So but I'm just, but it doesn't. And, it, I, and you're not putting yourself that. out on a limb to answer in hypothetical, and you you can't answer hypothetical means that you can't stipulate it. But I don't know. But why. maybe the hypothetical is factually in, in, that's in, incorrect. It that's why we call it hypothetical. That's you just defined the hypothetical. <laughs> so what, what was your it's other nonsensical? I think we should move on to your other category. No, I think we covered them. In other words, do, what was your second one? I forgot. Sorry. What I what I basically said when I when I started it off was. That if they are, if they are treating Jews differently than other nations in the same right, that was scenario, uh-huh. and if they are willingly uh, taking policy guidance from BDS, right. So I, I, I okay, yeah. I don't. I don't think either of those are. Uh, I right. mean, uh, it, they're not taking their policy guidance from BDS. Right. It's. It seems to be clear. That once you make a distinction that they're BDS not. BDS brought something to their attention that they looked into. Oh, I know. Yeah. And, and they made a decision. I might disagree with them. I said, would you say it's wrong for me, therefore, not to use Airbnb? When I, I've used Airbnb when I was up north, when I was down south. Right. Uh, now I will use a different company because. No, I do. You're fair enough. You, yeah. You have that. that that's you know, your right yeah, to choose. I don't like that policy. You don't like that policy. You can see where it has legitimacy to be on, but you don't agree with yeah, the policy. Yeah, I think it's a bad policy. By the way, that it's the same kind of idea. Like if if boycotts are boycotts are a legitimate use of expressing how you feel about a company. Yeah. I'm a <laughs> right? consumer. I have alternatives. I'll use the alternatives. Right. Just like those consumers say, I don't want to take anything from Israel because I don't believe I don't like their policies. Right. Well, right, it is right. interesting that people are boycotting the boycotters. I always find that an interesting uh, Why? thing. Because if you, I don't know, it just feels funny. Like if you're going to disagree with the boycott in principle and, and then boycott the boycotters, it's always, I don't know. I don't see a problem with that. I mean, to me, it seems like if, if your enemy comes at you with a gun and you shoot him with a gun, I, I think it would be weird to say, well, that's hypocritical shooting with a I gun. Di- I didn't use the word hypocritical. I know, but you were, I think, well, what do you mean by interesting? I think it's an again. I'm, using, I'm going to keep. You're using avoiding the word using the word hypocritical because you feel you're aware that it doesn't really work. I think ironic is the word he's looking for. Yeah, okay, that's a good word. I think ironic is. What it is. Ironic. I, I, I don't think it is, but I mean, we've we've had members of Knesset complaining about boycotts and saying how boycotts are terrible and how boycotts are this, and then they said, and because if of that, we're going to boycott an, the boycotters. Uh, okay, I don't. I never heard anybody said I'm against the policy of boycott in general. When Martin Luther King advocated boycotting buses in the South to stop, you know, Jim Crow rules, I don't think anybody said that's immoral. Why? That I can't think of a more peaceful way to express a political opinion than a boycott. Okay. I mean, also the question of Airbnb is also an interesting thing. Like, how really how much of an impact does the boycott of a few Jews make on their business? Probably zero. Yeah. And by the way, something that another sort of angle that we haven't really even talked about. But I think it does play into this very interestingly is the uh, in the last few weeks it's become very clear publicly Israel's coming close to a number of Muslim countries, Arab and African Muslim countries, mm-hmm. um, which make it seem that these boycotts are even less effective than uh, Listen, you know. I think BDS has been unbelievably ineffective. Right. If you look at all the – unless I work in like the music promotion industry, 
in Israel, where having you know international pop stars come and perform is a good source of in- revenue. Oh, by the way, what part of that is a lot. Of, what I've read, what, I can't remember who wrote the article, but wrote article. But some of these cancellations actually that Israel has gotten too overloaded with big time acts, and it can't fill the stadiums because. We're a small country, and so, <laughs> so it's, a, it's it's, a it's, a, it's as much a business. It's a much I find a that hard to believe because you can always cons- can, con- you can always cancel uh, an appearance by an artist without nobody's going to feel bad for you if they didn't sell out the stadium. Well, it doesn't look good for the artist; they can't sell out, you know. Uh, but when you have these, because in the last years, big artists have come, and we're right. a very small market. Right. Ben can probably tell us more about that. <laughs> uh, so. Um, yeah, it could be. I, I just don't think it does a lot of damage here in Israel. I know that people like no. to picture Israel as vulnerable, especially if they don't live here. But we are the superpower in the region. I, I don't think it makes Israelis feel vulnerable. It's aggravating. It's a bad thing. I, I, my students are always shocked. I, I don't even know if I saw it in the Israeli news. I can't even remember if I saw it in the Israeli news about the Airbnb. Did you see it? It certainly wasn't on the radio. I didn't hear it on the radio at all. Uh, I think it aggravates Israelis, but it fits into a narrative in their head that everybody, we're always going to be misjudged. There's nothing you can do about it. And then we shrug it off and move on with our day. Uh, My students on the whole are shocked that I would feel that way. They think these things are monumentally horrible and do enormous damage. Uh, Because that's what our, unfortunately, so much of our Israel education focuses on in North America. I think so. Okay. I think in the diaspora, Israel's often presented as vulnerable and victimized, and we have to defend it because mm-hmm. you know we're all that standing between uh, you know a, a glory you know glorious future and international brouhaha. But I, I think it's a. I, I, I by the way, I think BDS does a lot of damage to Jews in the diaspora, especially on college campuses, right. where it becomes taboo to talk about how much you love Israel right. because everybody knows that Israel's weird because. Right. So that's the question of, of it actually more chipping away at Jewish identity and connection to Israel. In the diaspora. In the diaspora. Well, I think it's in terrible the, damage to – But that's also why I think diaspora Jews were so upset about this thing with with uh, the Airbnb because what you were saying before, Michael, about how the the idea that to have a boycott seems a terrible thing to Jews in the diaspora. Why does it, it seem does? terrible? And why did – yeah, I think so. That, oh, the Airbnb is yeah, – yeah. it's not a boycott. Airbnb is simply not listing. Okay. Well, however you want to describe it, but they – they, people were very upset about it, very up in arms. Why do they get upset about it? One of the reasons is because really what can they do to support the state of Israel is to get upset. <laughs> I mean, that's when you're living in the diaspora, there's, not, shows a gr- you care. Yeah. Right, there's not a great deal you can do apart from get up on your high horse and start saying, well, I'm not going to use Airbnb anymore. and Because right. there's not so much other things you can do if you're not going to support. So that gives you a sense of connection to a place that's physically, like physically far away. And you're not connected to it in the same way as somebody who lives here. We've had this conversation, you know, many times, both in this forum and in other forums, about what it means to be connected to a place, what it means to feel a connection to it. And if the way that you can connect to it is by going on Facebook or and telling your friends not to use Airbnb, okay, that's what I'll do. Another way is to listen to our podcast, which we yes. forgot to mention. This is our hundredth episode. Yum, yum, huleta, yum, <laughs> well, I don't think yum, that makes huleta. it a yum huleta to be a hundred episodes, but uh, no, I think it's a, an achievement worth uh, being happy about. So please share this episode with your friends. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 guess, I, I guess what you're saying is sort of sad but true, but I still would advise people uh, to be very cautious where we use the word anti-Semitism in our accusations because we want it to mean something when we do. Mm-hmm. In other words, when I say Louis Farrakhan's a classic anti-Semite, I want that to be meaningful. And if I say Airbnb is anti-Semitic, that 
even if I'm, and I am, you're not, but I am, Matt, you're not, but I, even if I'm willing to stipulate in the outcome it's anti-Semitic, I don't think that's the best word to describe this policy. I don't think it's fair, nuanced, and honest. And I think it makes, when I say that when Linda Sarsour says that, that, you know, praises BDS as legitimate, I say, well, that's. And won't condemn Farrakhan. And won't condemn Farrakhan. And, you know. That puts her in anti-Semitic. And supports anti Hamas uh, sending rockets at Israeli civilians yeah. in the name of human rights. Well, I think that puts her well into the anti-Semite camp, and I want that at us. At us, <laughs> and I, I want I want that to be I want that to mean something. That word, and so I again be against it. Don't give them your business. Um, say it's a bad policy. Say you disagree with the policy. But people can do things against Israel. People can criticize Israel in all sorts of different ways. Right, and that certainly does not make them anti-Semitic. Israelis who are Jews, mostly seventy-five percent of us are Jews, criticize our government and its policies every day. And I don't think I'm an anti-Semite. Do you think, do you guys? Think you're an anti-Semite? Yeah. Well, I don't want to devalue the word, so I'm not going to use it. Okay, thank you, Matt. <laughs> I appreciate so, you that. Know, I mean, sometimes, you, sometimes you know, you do border on the... Uh... Okay, fair <laughs> enough. All right, well, I'm trying. Do you admit that at least I'm trying to be like... Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I don't think... In the outcome, I think hypothetically you could be, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, that, I'll, I'll take that. That's fair. That's fair. But I think legitimate criticism of our government and how they... And its policies. And its policies and how they institute uh, so, those policies and what they do to us as, as uh, citizens of the country is for sure. We have uh, legitimate right to... Uh, and it's I neither anti-Zionist or anti-Semitic. And I want to drive home the point that so therefore if you criticize and really feel against the policies of our government in the West Bank um, or in other areas over the Green Line... Um, which we call West Bank, like East Jerusalem, that does not make you an anti-Semite or even an anti-Zionist. Right. That is clearly within the boundaries. You are within the boundaries of Israel's left, yeah. which is not in elections a majority, but is a significant portion of the of the population. And I and it's clear Zionist voice. I mean, absolutely, one hundred percent Zionist voice that is determined that the Jewish people live and thrive and continue in their state and their yeah. homeland. And and to say that the you know that 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 Shalom Achshav or I don't know Meretz are anti-Semitic. Because they criticize the the policies of the government, and if Airbnb does something that they say, you know what, I get that. I also don't travel to the West Bank to visit my Jewish friends and family because I don't want to go to the West Bank. I, I just think that's a that's a misplaced use of the word. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. So happy hundredth episode, everybody! Thank you so much. Thanks, Ben, for kicking up our game. Uh, yeah, for sure, recommend it. Yeah. And uh, should we preview that next week's interview, God Ooh, willing? Da 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 da. Is in the Twilight Zone? <laughs> I don't know, like excitement. I was trying to get excited, guys. Oh. I'm sorry. Oh, that made me scared. <laughs> Maybe we'll ask Ben for music next time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be. Uh, Drum roll, please. Natan Sharansky. Yes. That's, uh, yes. So, Nathan God willing, uh, tune in. Great Zionist week. hero. A huge Zionist hero for everyone. Yeah. Um, so we're very much looking forward to that. Thank you to our almost 20,000 download uh, audience. Please help us grow any way you can. Bye-bye. Happy Hanukkah. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, this is the part where I remind you that we are the JU Israel Teacher's Lounge podcast. And it's also the part where I ask you to subscribe, to rate and review us, and to share and recommend us in any way you can. Also, we'd love your feedback so we can respond to you on or off the podcast. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Thank you.